Good evening, everyone, and welcome to church. I'm glad that you have come to join us today. And no matter what kind of week you've had, I pray you'll have an encouraging time and be uplifted in your spirit today. And we have come to worship the Lord together. And um, to help us turn our attention to that, let me read to you some verses from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 8. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that the coming, in the coming ages we, He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. What a precious gift of salvation we have. Let's bring this to mind as we sing together. Please stand and join us.
indeed so very great. And we could never say that enough. Your holiness causes us to stand in awe of you. And your loving kindness and your mercy draws us to you. Thank you for your wonderful salvation, Lord. For making us alive with Christ. For breaking us free from the power of sin. We lift our eyes to you, Lord.
goodness, Lord, you are. And we are forever grateful. Please continue to be with us. Speak to us through your word. Renew our minds and refresh us by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please um, say hi to someone around you and have a seat. Well, good evening, church. It's great to see you today. Uh, this is Jack, Jack Chalk, and uh, I have the privilege of baptizing Jack tonight. And so we're going to hear from him in just a moment, a little bit about his story. Uh, but we're going to baptize him. Now, baptism uh, is a visual demonstration. When you become a Christian, you are united to Jesus Christ. You are joined to Christ through your faith by the Spirit. So that means whatever's happened to Jesus has happened to you because you are joined to him. So when Jesus died on the cross, we died to our old life. Our sins have been completely forgiven because we died with Christ. And when Jesus rose from the dead, we have risen with him in the spiritual realm to new life. And baptism is a visual demonstration of that. When Jack goes into the water, it'll be visually demonstrating his death to his old life and coming up to new life. A very powerful demonstration. In Romans chapter 6, it says this, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's the decision that Jack has made. And so I'm going to invite Jack just to give us a few reflections about uh, this decision. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, so two and a half years ago, I uh, moved to Perth, and I uh, was certainly not a Christian. Um, I was living in, living in sin. Uh, the turning point for me was uh, my auntie. Uh, she's a good, strong Christian woman. Um, she invited me to dinner one night, and it was a lovely roast dinner. Um, after, after the dinner, I was sitting with uh, yeah, my auntie and uncle, and she brought up the topic of uh, Jesus, and I just remember feeling angry and... Um, yeah, I just had a bizarre reaction, essentially, to that um, to that conversation. I didn't obviously make it outwardly known, although she probably could have told by looking at my face. Um, but on the drive home, yeah, I reflected on that and thought, well, it's you know, it's really bizarre that I, I feel this way and angry about someone telling me about um, Jesus, who at the time I didn't even really believe or think was a real person. Um, yeah, so I thought thought I uh, better look into this. So I began researching Christianity and. Um, yeah, I began to find out about Jesus and his story and uh, the, the actual significance of him dying on the cross. Um, like, obviously, I've, I've, uh, uh, I've, you know, I've grown up in Australia, so we have Easter holidays and whatnot. So I've, I've heard, about, heard about him dying on the cross, but I never understood what that actually meant. Um, so, yeah, as I was uh, researching this, I soon realised that I was guilty uh, in his eyes and I lived a life of sin um, and if you had have asked any of my friends, they probably would have told you that, um, you know, I'm not that bad um, and whatnot, but they would have been uh, measuring me by society standards, which, as we know, um, constantly change, and not God's standards, which, um, you know, they remain the same and will do forever. 
So by God's standards, I was guilty and um, I just felt this. Yeah, I was scared, to be honest. Um, I realised who God was. I think I'd fallen into the trap of making up my own version of God in my head and thought that I'm not that bad and, um, yeah, I'll be fine. But I wouldn't have been fine if I had died in that period. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I, I ended up asking Jesus into my life and uh, it... What followed was quite a confusing time for me, if I'm honest. Um, I began to realise what was right, but there was also some weird coincidences that were happening, both good and bad. The good being, uh, after this um, this this time with my auntie, I met some people and they happened to be Christians. And the timing of that was just a bit bizarre, I thought, because it's not every day you run into Christians and they invite you to church. So, uh, But also along with that, there was these odd opportunities for sin, like uh, significant temptation and I just thought that's um that's a bit odd as well and anyway so I worked through all of that and I'm at the point now where yeah obviously I'm getting baptized and that's because I do believe Jesus is the Messiah and I think um yeah I I, I want to um dedicate the rest of my life to him so thanks Dave. Thank you Jack. Jack, we appreciate your honesty. It's not uh, easy to get up in front of people and say, hey, my life was going the wrong way. Uh, and so uh, God will honor that. And so I'm going to pray for Jack, and then uh, we're going to baptize him. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for my brother Jack. I want to thank you that before the creation of the world, his name was written in the book of life, that you chose him. And now you've called him. You've justified him. You have washed him clean. And I pray now, Lord, you put your hand over him and that you would carry him and glorify him for all eternity as he lives the Christian life. Thank you, Lord, that he's repented from his old life. He's living with you now as his king. I pray that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, that it would... Give him the desire to want to live for you, the power to be able to live for you. So we commit him to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come around. Jack's pretty tall, so we have to stay, start over here a little bit, I think. <laughs> Jack, I baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. wonderful was that let's keep praying for Jack and um, support him in his walk with God well a very warm welcome or welcome back to Subi Church my name is Kanina and I'm part of the ministry team here um, we are now going to do together scripture at Subi 
And as you know, this is a time where we memorize scripture together as a church family. And through this, not only will we have the scripture in our minds, but let's also allow scripture to encourage us in our daily lives. This year, the verses have been focusing on different attributes of God. And last month, we memorized a verse from Revelations that taught us of God's sovereignty. For this month of October, we look at a verse from Psalm 103. And this is a beautiful psalm that speaks to us of our God who is gracious and compassionate towards his people. And David, who wrote this psalm, he recognizes our sinful human nature, but he also sees that God doesn't actually treat us as we deserve. And because of this, it leads David to praise God, and we can do the same. As we recognize our sinful nature, we can praise God for his grace and compassion towards us. So throughout the month, we encourage you to read through this whole psalm. It's not long. Uh, it's only 22 verses, I think, but it's a wonderful psalm to take comfort in. So you'll find this month's scripture cards on your seats, or you can read it off the screen behind me. Shall we say this one together? Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Wonderful. Children, thank you for joining us for Scripture at Subi, and you can now leave to your Subi Kids classes. And if you're new, feel free to register your kids at the reception in the foyer. And just while the kids are heading out, you'll find a Connect card on your seat that looks like this, and feel free to fill that in, in any time at any time of the service, or you can scan the QR code into your phone and submit one digitally as well. It's just a way for you to get in touch with us and for us to get to know you and to support you better. Here at Subi Church, the giving of our offering is an important part of our worship to God, and we do so out of what God has done for us in Jesus. And you can do an online giving, or you could drop it in the offering box on the way out of the auditorium. Let's just take a moment to pray for our offering. Our God in heaven, we come before you with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts. As we've read in the Psalms, you are gracious and compassionate. And so we thank you for your gift of grace to us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the many ways Subi Church is able to share the gospel of Jesus in our community and throughout the world. We thank you for your blessings upon us that allow us to participate in gospel work. As we give, we ask for your blessings upon the various ministries that run in our church, and may they be a blessing to those in need and those in need of Jesus. Amen. We have a few things to announce today. And firstly, in two weeks' time is our next hour of prayer. That's happening on a Wednesday, 18th of October. It starts at 7, um, out in the church cafe. And there's always so much to pray about, and it's encouraging to do so as um, encouraging to do so with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So you are most welcome to join us for that. Subi Youth is starting up again for term four. And Subi Youth is our ministry for high schoolers, and it runs on Friday nights during the school term. And this is a space where youths can learn about God um, by reading the Bible and where they can develop important friendships with Christians their own age. Um, so year sixes, you are most welcome to join us for term four. The first se session of the term is coming up this Friday. Um, Friday 13th of October, it starts at 7 p.m., it goes to about 9.15, and we'll have a fun night of games in the auditorium to kick us off. Uh, if you're a parent and you'd like to receive more information on Subi Youth over Term 4, please let us know um, on your Connect card and somebody will get in touch with you.
happening in November. First Sunday of November is a membership class. As we've learned this year from the book of Romans, um, in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That's from Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Um, individual Christians are part of, a, part of a greater whole, right? And each of us are members of Christ's body, which is the church. Church membership involves formally committing to serve Subi Church with your time and your talent and your treasure, and the church formally commits to supporting you in your spiritual growth. So if, you, if you're not yet a formal member, we do encourage you to become one. Um, and again, the membership class is on the 5th of November. We'll have lunch provided, um, and on that day, we'll also just talk more about what church membership involves. So for catering purposes, please RSVP on your Connect card. And it's happening just after the second service on a Sunday. Next is next next Sunday, sorry, on the 15th of October. Uh, we have a Subi Equip for Families workshop. And this workshop is for families on how to talk about sex and gender to your children. This is led by Pastor Chin. A light lunch will be provided for families, but remember that no childcare is provided on that day. So if you haven't already done so, please RSVP via your Connect card. So this is happening next Sunday, right after the Sunday service upstairs in the activity room. And lastly, if you don't already know, Pastor Chin will be finishing up his time at Subi Church very soon. And we're compiling a book of thank you messages from all of us, um, from all of us, the congregation, to give him and we would like him to remember us. So we're, we're gonna help him out with that. So please send in your messages, um, any photos that you have with Pastor Chin or even a photo of your family, and you can email them in also by next Sunday to, I think there's a, yep, there's an email address behind me. Um, otherwise, if you prefer to drop off a hard copy or a handwritten message, you can as well. There's a folder in the Subi Kids reception. So those are all the announcements from this week for this weekend. And shall we come to the Lord in prayer once more? And let's together prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. I'll lead us. Our Father in heaven, we acknowledge that you are the creator and Lord of all. We bow before you in reverence and awe, recognizing that you are holy and just. You are a loving Heavenly Father from whom we receive all good things, and we are indeed blessed beyond measure. We thank you for the salvation that we have in Christ. In our rebellion and transgression, we've hidden ourselves from you and broken that relationship that we have. But instead of leaving us in our sinful place, you sought us by sending your only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins on the cross. Through your gospel promise, we've been made your sons and daughters once again. And not only that, but you've also sent your spirit to us so that we can be transformed to be more like Jesus Christ. So we thank you for your spirit who comforts, empowers, and transforms us. As your spirit works in and through us, we pray that we'll continue to be reminded of the teachings of Christ. So we thank you that we can gather as a church together every week to hear your word and promises preached to us. And we love you, Lord, and we pray that you will help us to obey the teachings of Christ. We know that you're always with us through the presence of your spirit. And so, Lord, please give us strength when we need it. Please comfort us when we are suffering draws close when we are far, 
and please encourage us when we are down. We pray for your spirit to work through Pastor David today as he preaches your word. Convict us of any sins through your scripture and comfort us with your gospel promise once more. May our affections for Christ increase as we hear from you. And so our Heavenly Father, we bring these prayer requests of ours before you. We praise you that you hear our prayers as our Heavenly Father. And we thank you that we can boldly approach you all because of what Christ has done in us and for us. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'll invite Crystal now to come up for our Bible reading. Good evening, church. The Bible reading today is taken from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 1 to 26. If you are able, please stand with me as we read from God's word. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, 
Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You may take a seat. Well, good day again, church. Great to be with you and in those watching online, so glad that you could join us. For those who are visiting here for the first time, welcome, special warm welcome to you. I'm David, one of the pastors here at the church, and we hope that your time with us is a blessed one this evening. I'm going to show you a very brief video, and then we're going to come back together. Well, I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't want to feel more connected, more present, and more alive this year. That's what I call spirituality, being connected, present, and alive. All right. And so today, what we want to do, and if you all have questions, please, because a lot of this is very confusing to people, but I'm telling you, when you understand that you are more than your body, that you really are the spirit in the body, in a human body, that's experiencing this life as a human being, but that you really are a spiritual entity, come from whatever you want to call it, I call it God. A lot of people call it source or universal energy. I call it God. I think God doesn't hit, get hung up on, on, what, on the titles. It's yeah. the people that get hung up on, on the titles. But when you begin to realize that you are more than your body, that's what spirituality is for me. Uh, what did you think of that? For those uh, a little bit younger than me, that lady's called Oprah. Uh, she was really big in the 90s and the noughties. Um, but the word God and the word spirituality, they're sufficiently ill-defined so as to be able to redefine them any way the world wants. Uh, to be, they can be redefined in any kind of spiritual experience the world wants. The world wants spirituality, but they want it without Jesus. The world wants God, but they want it without Jesus. They want the spirit, but they want it without Jesus. This is the new age, new age spirituality, where you can go and find God and have any kind of spiritual experience that you want, and you can call it true spirituality. But it's not the God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for, from all eternity that you're going to meet in that kind of spiritual experience. You're not going to meet the creator of the universe there. You're not going to have a true spiritual experience. The God that many wish to meet is a counterfeit God of their own concoction. Now, on the night before Jesus was crucified, he was preparing his disciples for his departure. And he reveals to them what is true spirituality. He says... My father's house has many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And then he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So there is, there is 
a room in God's house that the Son is preparing for you and for me for all eternity. And also, there is a room within us that the Father and the Son live in. We will room with the Father and the Son, and the Father and the Son room within us. That is true spirituality. True spirituality is the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son rooming within us. And before Jesus left, he promised six things about the Holy Spirit, uh, which we're going to look at over two weeks. Uh, Today, we're going to look at the first three. So have a look with me together. Jesus' six promises of the Spirit. Firstly, the Spirit will be the vicar of Christ. If you have your Bibles in front of you, we're going to be uh, looking at John chapter 14. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Uh, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit what? The advocate. Advocate uh, comes from the the Greek word parakletos, which literally means the one called alongside. So the Holy Spirit is the one that comes alongside us to live life within us. The Holy Spirit, uh, the parakletos, is not an easy word to uh, translate into English because there's no one English word that kind of means everything that parakletos originally meant. So different Bible translations try and come up with the best translation. So the King James Version translates it as the comforter. Now in 1611, when the King James Version was published, to comfort meant to strengthen, right? From Latin forte, if if you're a musician, you know Forte means loud, strong. Uh, But these days, it doesn't mean that anymore. Uh, The word has changed, and so comforter doesn't really capture the meaning of parakletos. Uh, The Christian Standard Bible translates it as counsellor, in the sense of a legal counsel, a lawyer, not the uh, psychologist type of counsellor. So the spirit is like a lawyer who, who is an ally, fighting on our side, someone who cares for our interests, someone who strengthens us. Now, some people don't like this translation because it associates God with a lawyer. Lawyers don't see the problem. The NIV translates it as advocate, which again is legal terminology, but doesn't doesn't, uh, uh, have the confusion uh, of being associated with personal counselling. An advocate is someone who takes up our case, someone who is summoned to our aid, someone who strengthens us, someone who supports us. The ESV translates it as helper, the Holy Spirit as helper. Uh, now, this is a good word because it's a kind of catch-all word, but it's also, that's also its weakness because it's just too vague. So each of these English words, they capture an element of what parakletos meant, but no one word captures the whole. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying that the Holy Spirit is our ally, 
fighting on our side, someone who's called to aid us, someone who is strengthening us, someone who is helping us, someone who takes up our case, someone who cares for our interests. Now, Jesus' departure was very troubling for the disciples because they had left their fishing nets, they had left their family, they had left everything to follow Jesus, and now Jesus was leaving them. And he wasn't just leaving them, he was going to die. But curiously, Jesus speaks about his departure in positive terms, doesn't he? He says that the disciples should rejoice that he's going to the Father. He's going to return, but there's going to be a delay. And in the meantime, he says, he reassures them, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have the whole of God's fullness within you. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Father and the Son rooming within you. For the Spirit is the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. It's the person who has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them that is truly spiritual. And who is this possible for? Only for those who love Jesus and obey his commands. It's not just for any God of your choosing. But it's Jesus. There is no room for us in God's house if we don't have room for Jesus in our hearts. And the indwelling of Jesus is not just a private mystical trip. right? Obeying Jesus is a moral, obedient, obeying God's commandments spirituality. Because there's a profound difference between New Age spirituality and Christian spirituality, right? New Age spirituality is the journey inwards, further and further into myself until I finally see myself as the God that I was all along. But the indwelling of the Holy Spirit leads us outwards, outwards to obey Christ, outwards to love one another. And notice that the Holy Spirit is called what? Another advocate, because... Who is the advocate that's already with them? Jesus. He's already the advocate. He's already fighting on the disciples' side. He's already caring for their interests. He's already strengthening them. But he's going away. And so God is going to give them another advocate to be with them in this delay period until Jesus returns. The Holy Spirit is the substitute for Jesus in this delay period. He is the vicar of Christ. Vicar means substitute. The Pope is blasphemously called the vicar of Christ by some Roman Catholics as if he is the substitute for Christ. No. The Holy Spirit is the substitute for Christ and he will never leave us. John says, But very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So it was to their advantage that Jesus goes away because then the Spirit will come. Now just think how absurd that would sound to the disciples. It's better for you if I go away. Because they've been walking around with 
God in the flesh, the miracle worker. Right? It was out of this world to have Jesus beside them. But then Jesus says, the Holy Spirit inside you is better than me beside you. How could anything be better than Jesus beside you? Why is it better to have the Holy Spirit inside you than to have Jesus beside you? Because what, the, what, what Jesus accomplishes, the Holy Spirit applies to our lives. Jesus accomplishes salvation. He accomplishes freedom from sin on the cross and his resurrection. The Holy Spirit applies that freedom to our lives. The Holy Spirit washes us clean from the inside out. The Holy Spirit changes our desires so we want to do what God wants us to do. The Holy Spirit does inside us what Jesus can't do inside us. The Holy Spirit what can't do beside us. The Holy Spirit does an internal work. Jesus' second promise. The Spirit will be the teacher. Have a look with me in chapter 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, Jesus' teaching ministry was coming to an end, but the disciples will not be left without a teacher, for the Holy Spirit's going to take on that role. He's going to teach them all the things they need for Christian faith and conduct, and he's going to bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus said. Now, this was critically important because the disciples often did not grasp what Jesus was teaching them, did they? And they didn't grasp the significance of the events going on around them. Because what Jesus was saying and doing was so extraordinary, it was so far beyond expectation that it defied normal comprehension. You know, when Jesus said to uh, the Jewish leaders, destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it, well, the disciples didn't understand what he meant any more than his opponents did. When Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey... His disciples didn't understand that the scriptures predicted that this had to happen. But after Jesus' death, resurrection, glorification, the Holy Spirit is poured out on the disciples and they understand the scriptures. And they then understand the words and the events of Jesus and they're able to put the two together and make sense of it all. Now, I hear, I hear people say things like this. Jesus never wrote anything himself. And the verbal accounts of Jesus were written down years after the events. So like Chinese whispers, there must have been errors in the accounts of the gospel writers. Have you heard things like that? Well, perhaps there would have been if the formation of Scripture was merely a human endeavor. But the whole process was superintended by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to enable the disciples to accurately transmit the words of Jesus to those who never had the privilege of hearing him firsthand. So this is how it works. First, the Holy Spirit reveals God's thoughts, Jesus' words, to the apostles. That's called revelation. The apostles then wrote down the words of God in the scriptures, those documents that became the scriptures. That is inspiration. And then, when you and I read the Bible, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to 
the truth of God's word. That is illumination. The Holy Spirit is responsible for all those three processes. Revelation, inspiration, illumination. He is the teacher. And every generation of believers since the apostles possess authentic knowledge of Jesus because of the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, Jesus goes on, he says, He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. Just as the Son, Jesus, didn't speak on his own authority, he only spoke the words that the Father gave him, so the Holy Spirit only speaks the word that the Father and the Son give him. The Holy Spirit is like Christ's ambassador. An ambassador represents the one who sent them, right? The words that they speak are the words that they've been given to speak by the one that sent them. They don't speak on their own authority. And the Holy Spirit is like that. He does not speak on his own authority. He speaks the truth from the Father and the Son, a, a message that's perfectly aligned with Jesus. Let me give you an extreme example. I remember a few years ago, I was at church, a different church, and there was a guy and he said, said to his wife, well, the Holy Spirit told me that I'm to leave you and to marry another woman. Well, we know that's not the Holy Spirit, don't we? doesn't matter what kind of spiritual experience he had. doesn't matter how convinced he is that it was the Holy Spirit talking to him. We know that is not the Holy Spirit talking to him. Because the Spirit only speaks what he hears from the Father and the Son. The Spirit does not speak on his own authority. His message perfectly aligns with the message of Christ. And Christ does not say, leave your wife and marry another. Finally, Jesus' third promise, the Spirit will glorify Christ. Have a look with me in John chapter 16, verse 12. John chapter 16, verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. The words, he will bring glory to me, summarize the entire mission of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate other person-centered person. The Holy Spirit is not interested in himself. The Holy Spirit is interested in Jesus. The deepest desire of the Holy Spirit is to fade into the background. The Holy Spirit is self-effacing. His greatest desire is that Jesus is glorified. His greatest yearning is that Jesus is heard about, Jesus is known and loved, and if Jesus is known and loved, then the Father will be known and loved. The Holy Spirit ensures that Jesus is heard, that Jesus is responded to. The role of the Holy Spirit is to push people into deeper and deeper communion with Jesus, to equip people to serve Jesus, to change people into the likeness of Jesus. 
Benny Hinn is a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, he wrote a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. Does anyone know this book? A few of you, yeah? Uh, this is what he says about the Holy Spirit. Uh, like a child with my hands raised, I asked, can I meet with you? Can I really know you? Early the next morning, I was wide awake and I couldn't wait to talk to my newfound friend. Here were the first words to come out of my mouth. Good morning, Holy Spirit. The second I said, good morning, Holy Spirit, I knew he was present with me in the room. The Holy Spirit became real. He became my friend. If you are ready to begin a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that surpasses everything you dreamed possible, read on. Benny Hinn's book was very popular with Australian Christians. It was a, a bestseller at Kurong Bookshop. What are we to make of it? Are we to relate to the Holy Spirit in the way that he suggests? Well, the author of the Holy Scriptures, who is the Holy Spirit, he doesn't record one instance of inspiring someone to pray to him. The Bible never directs anyone to say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Because he wants people to pray to the Father through the Son. That is uh, the spirituality that Jesus outlined. That's the way that we should relate to God. That's true spirituality. The Holy Spirit's self-effacing nature directs him away from himself and towards Jesus. Now, I, I hear people say, you know, Subi Church doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. Or Subi Church doesn't focus on the Holy Spirit enough. But if the Holy Spirit always points to Jesus... If the deepest desire of the Holy Spirit is to fade into the background, if his deepest desire is that Jesus is known and loved, if his deepest yearning is that Jesus is glorified and heard about, then how do you recognize the Holy Spirit? How do you know if Subi Church is filled with the Holy Spirit? By whether or not Jesus is at the center of what is done. If Jesus is at the centre of what is done, then the Holy Spirit is at work over time. Right, this is illustrated in the first sermon, the first Christian sermon ever. Apostle Peter at Pentecost, you've got the spectacular coming of the Holy Spirit, a violent wind, wind comes, you've got uh, tongues of fire on the apostles' head, heads. What does Peter speak about? Does he speak about his experience of the Spirit? Does he speak about, does he focus on the miraculous things that are happening? No. He then bears witness about Jesus' death and resurrection, doesn't he? And he calls on people to repent. How can you tell when the Spirit is active and alive and present? Well, you don't look at how spectacular things are because even demons can do spectacular things. You don't look at whether miraculous healings are happening or not, because even demons can do miraculous healings. You don't look for how many times the Holy Spirit is spoken about, because he's self-effacing. They're not the litmus test. No, instead you look for Jesus. For when Jesus is glorified, when Jesus is spoken about, the Holy Spirit is present and active. And what's the flip side of that? What's the flip side of that? Well, it's easy to tell when the Holy Spirit is not present, when he's not in control, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is not in control when Jesus is not heard about, 
If Jesus is not the center of things, then the Holy Spirit is not the controlling spirit that is present. doesn't matter how many times you speak about the Spirit, right? A church can talk about the Holy Spirit all the time, but unless Jesus is being glorified, then if, unless Jesus is at, is at the center, then that, that church is not filled with the Spirit. If Jesus is at, is at the center, then the Holy Spirit is guaranteed to be present because it's the Holy Spirit that causes people to talk about Jesus. Now, I want the miraculous at our church. I want to see the spectacular works of God in our church. We just saw a spectacular work of God tonight. A man went from death to life. But the, the miraculous, the visually spectacular, they're, they're not the chief measure of whether the Holy Spirit is alive and present. The chief measure of whether God's Spirit is active is whether Jesus is being proclaimed and glorified. So if a church is hearing a sermon by a deadly boring preacher who has no communication skills, but if they're talking about Jesus Christ, death and resurrection, then the Holy Spirit is active and present, even if the preacher is boring. And if the music is drab and dull, but the name of Jesus is being lifted high, then the Holy Spirit is present, even if he might be asleep. I want this church to be a spirit-filled church. I don't, want this, I don't want to put out the Spirit's fire, but we need to get the teaching of the Holy Spirit right so we can be, so be spirit-filled the way that Jesus says. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you, if you may. And we're going to finish with this. Jesus says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? <coughs> if you want to experience the Spirit in your life, Jesus says, ask for it. And the Father will give you his Spirit in abundance. Ask him to fill you to the brim. Ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside you, to live life within you. And so I'm gonna, we're going to take this opportunity to pray together. You might want to close your eyes. You might, whatever posture that you feel comfortable with, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to give you an opportunity also to pray. We're going to pray for the presence of the Spirit's life in our church as we lift the name of Jesus high. Ask and he will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Jesus is speaking there about the Holy Spirit. So Father, we just come before you. Lord, we do want the Spirit to work mightily in our lives. I ask, Lord, that you would pour your Spirit on each person here. You would fill them with your Spirit, Lord, that you would do your work inside each of their hearts. Father, I pray that you would give them the desire to serve and live for you. You would change their desires from the inside out. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the power to do your will. I pray, Lord, that you would teach them. You would illuminate their eyes, illuminate their hearts to your truth. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would convict us of sin not let us tolerate sin in our lives. 
but help us to remove that from our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would be lifting Jesus high in all that we do, that the Spirit would equip us to serve him better, that the Spirit would change our characters to be like the Lord Jesus. Father, fill us with your Spirit. We want CB Church to be a Spirit-filled church, and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Now we're going to do a very spiritual thing, and that is we're going to do communion. Because in communion, we lift the name of Jesus high. You can't do anything more spiritual than that. The Holy Spirit will be working overtime as we do communion because we'll be lifting the name of Jesus high. might just give you a moment to yourselves. Why don't you just have a moment to yourselves? Bring, perhaps confess your sins to the Lord. Keep short accounts with God. The Spirit is the one that will bring that to your mind, bring that to your heart. Father, we're sorry for those things we've done that have not pleased you. We thank you for the, the Spirit's spotlight in our lives that exposes those sins. We bring them before you and we thank you that they are nailed to the tree, completely forgiven, never to be held against us because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are feeling guilty, Lord, I pray that you'd remove their guilt. You would remove their shame. They would know that Jesus has dealt with it all. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our sins from us. Amen. Lord's Supper is for those of us who call on Christ as our Lord and Saviour. Please come and take. I'll ask the front few rows to stand. Come and take the bread and the cup. Hold on to them. Spend a few moments with the Lord when you get back to your seat and we'll take them together in a few moments. If you haven't yet given your life to Christ, then feel free to re remain seated. We ask you to remain seated. But if you would like to know more about what it means to be a Christian, then please come and see me afterwards. I'd love to speak to you.
The Lord Jesus has accomplished for us freedom from sin, freedom from condemnation. Let us eat and be thankful. The Holy Spirit applies Jesus' accomplishment to our hearts. Let us drink and be thankful. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. I ask, Lord, that you would come alongside us, that you would fight for us, that you would strengthen us, that you would come to our aid. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a perfect song to sing in response to what we've heard this evening. Might be a bit slower than what you're used to, but let's just chew on the truths of what we're singing as we sing them together. Please stand.
I think there's one slide right at the end of my uh, PowerPoint. There's a, a book that uh, is worth reading. I, I commend it to you. The Coming of the Holy Spirit uh, by Philip Jensen. Uh, some of my ideas from there. And so I uh, commend that to you if you'd like to do further reading. It's a pretty thick book, but a lot thinner if you buy it on Kindle or Kindle Mac. Um, just to let you know that we are leaving the water out for tomorrow morning. So if you've got kids, perhaps just uh, keep an eye on them. Let me finish with a benediction. Father, I pray for each precious person here this evening that you would empower them this week with, your, with the another advocate, that advocate that you have left by our side to live within us this week. Empower us to do your work, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.